As we present Town Talk with Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers, brought to you with this time on the first Tuesday of each month, which today is, by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Ash Street and Milk Street in Willimantic. PMR assists manufacturers and utilities to maximize their resources through scrap recovery. Well, let's start things off by saying good morning to the town manager and happy birthday to the town manager. What's you going to do on your birthday today, buddy? Wayne, you, good morning. You don't miss a thing. How did you know it was my birthday? I know all birthdays. And now everybody knows it's my birthday because everybody listens to WIRI. So what are you going to do on your birthday today, buddy? I'm going to go to work and work 15 hours. That's what I'm going to do, Wayne, for the people of Wyndham. What else would you do on your birthday? Sort of like all your other non, all your, as I said on some uh, show, the, the unbirthdays. So it's another day at the office for the Wyndham town manager. All right, let's talk about some things that have gone on in town recently. That Latin Fest down at the Shabu Stage and Jilson Square, that was a big success. That was fantastic. Uh, Zamata Bruder in my office, uh, she did a great job with a whole bunch of other staff. That's, that's an event that's run by the town. Not all the events are run by the town of Wyndham. Many of them, most of them, are run by other people, private promoters and, and other organizations. But that event was run by the town of Wyndham. It's uh, called our, our feature event of the year. We had about 4,000 people this year. Last year was 3,300. And uh, more than 4,000 attended this year. It was great. People stuck around right through the end of the 10-hour program. And uh, we had a good crowd towards the end as well. The performers just keep getting better as the day goes on. But it was, it was great. I think there were 18 food vendors there. Some of them sold out. Uh, it was a great event for everybody. Any other significant events you want to talk about that are going on? Because i tell you what, that parcel, Jilson Square and the Shabu Stage, I think this might be the best year ever we've had. There's been something big going on, it seems like, every weekend. You know, uh, just talk about the town overall. I mean, the stage is representative of how we've we've been doing things, I guess, since I've been here, you know, even before I got here, which is you've got to continuously improve. Everything doesn't happen overnight and we're trying to get better every year and that's what i hope people look at every day is the town getting better or worse every day that doesn't mean we're perfect that doesn't mean there aren't weeds growing up in the sidewalks or noises at night or fireworks or or still have crime and this that of course we have those things other communities have it as well we want to get better and that's why we track things statistically and we're tracking the events on the stage we track how many events and this year I think there were 35 events, so last year there was 28 or 30. We're trying to do better every year. We're trying to make the, the, the events better, but we're also trying to make the process better. And I just want to mention that, you know, a lot of people are coming at us now. They want to use the stage. Well, you have to have some things in order. You can't just show up with your friends, take over the stage, and, and potentially have problems or break things. We have to be ensured that the town's property is going to be taken care of. So. We're going to develop a better process because we're, you know, we're evolving and we're getting better every year. We're going to have a process by the end of this year where you can submit applications. We're going to review those applications, prioritize them based on uh, basically the impact or the, the positive impact on the community. And then people are going to have to have their things in order with the police department, the emergency responders, uh, insurance, uh, whatever else, just to make sure we have a good event for the community. But other than that, we are going to keep making it better every year. We do have more events coming up this year. Um, they're, they're mostly private. There's a few uh, few town events on the weekends, but uh, again, uh, it's it's been a, it's been like you said, Wayne. It's been the best year so far. 
and we've had porta potties that are there. I know that sounds like an odd topic, but that's kind of a big deal when you got big crowds of people. And now there's talk that some permanent bathrooms will be installed. Tell me more about that. Sure. We've been working on that a couple of years. We're using some of the ARPA money, and uh, we hope that uh, those restrooms will be done by the end of this year, end of the season. We're about to bid them out. Any day we should have the construction plans from our architect on a, on a re- permanent restroom. It's going to be six to eight stalls um, with some other storage for things that happen on the field, you know, tables and tents and things like that. But it's going to going to be uh, a permanent structure with a water point and some lighting to help uh, light that section of the field. Um, it's going to be in somewhere between the stage and the Jilson uh, house uh, on the Jackson Street side fence. So it's somewhat, kind of where we usually put the porta potties. Um, but that'll help reduce the number of porta potties that we have to purchase and others have to purchase. It'll also look better than porta potties. There are going to be bigger events where we're still going to need, you know, some uh, some more uh, restroom facilities. So those porta potties might show up at those events. But again, another added feature as we gradually uh, improve that property and make it more useful to the community. Got to go. Yeah, got to go. One of our observant listeners had a question for you. What's happening between the railroad tracks and Riverside Drive here, the street that goes behind the radio station? I guess what's going on there is not a new thing. No, you know, uh, a lot of things in Wyndham take so long, you even forgot what, what, when they started or why they started. But many years ago, uh, Eversource owns that property, and they, there was an old plant there. I think it was a gas-fired plant or something. Um, and they, uh, there was some waste there. I don't know exactly what went on there, but years and years ago, there was a lot of waste in the ground. So now they're in the process of remediating that. But it took, uh, you know, I think I heard that they were going to remediate that six years ago when I came to town as town manager. And I think uh, they're finally getting to the remediation uh, after, after many, many years. But again, we're, we're cleaning up the messes as we, as we go here. Uh, so that's a welcome sight to see them cleaning that site up. Any target date for when that project is done, or is that going to be an ongoing project? Uh, I don't have a target date, but it, it, it shouldn't take too long. I wouldn't think it would take more than a year to clean that up, maybe the end of the season this year. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's something that uh, – there have been monitoring wells there. I, you know, walking back there, I can see monitoring. Uh, you know, They drill in the ground so they can, they can check what's going on and how things are migrating. But, uh, again, I think that by the end of the season, it should be done. That's my guess. Hey, you survived the uh, Route 6 tornadoes of 23. Uh, they didn't come too far away, even though it turns out they weren't tornadoes around here. But some pretty nasty weather came pretty close to your place on Saturday as well, didn't it? Yeah, I call it the Route 6 tornado. I, I think it looks like it started in Wyndham, uh, and then it worked its way around Route 6 through Hampton and Chaplin and to Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I didn't, uh, where, where I live, it didn't come too close, but uh, we were, I'm sure everybody was was focused on the television, watching that radar or their phones and watching where it was progressing. It's amazing the technology, how you can follow the weather, you know, second by second. Pretty much all of us have a device in our pocket that can that can watch it happen as it, as it unfolds. So tell me what happens. Did, did your phone go off? Because everybody's around here seemed to when the warning came out. Turned out that the tornado they thought they saw wasn't a tornado. But uh, in that situation, what happens in the town of Wyndham when a warning like that goes off, when the phones all go nuts? So I get a separate as well as some of the other emergency responders in, 
in in town. We get a notification from uh, the emergency response team at the state. They send out specific warnings to us. Heavy thunderstorms might trigger that uh, coming to us. But it's similar to what the public gets, that, you know, starts beeping on your phone. I get phone calls, and I have to acknowledge that I've received them or something. I don't know. They, they want me to respond that I've, they've heard, heard the notice. But we get a little something different because we're, uh, you know, town leadership and staff, uh, you know, like the fire chief, police chief. We get, we get a specific from the, uh, the state's emergency management team sends out these warnings as well. What that reminds me of is when the COVID numbers came out from the state DPH, which they stopped doing back on June the 1st, is that we would see things available to us on the DPH website, but you would get things that we wouldn't see, right? Yeah, more or less. I mean, the data, they, they were pretty transparent. The state of Connecticut and DPH, they were very transparent. There was no secrets or anything. Uh, you know, we, we just have more access if you wanted to see more uh, cutting of the data, you know, more more fine-tuning of the data, but... It was coming out pretty much the same time the public could get it. I wasn't really seeing a whole lot more. Unless we did some individual testing, and we did do that. We were checking some of the uh, the waste for, uh, you know, any COVID in it, and we, that was our specific test. Uh, then we'd have to share that ourselves if we wanted the public to see it. But DPH did a great job of pretty much sharing everything they had with the public as, as well as town leadership. Are you still analyzing the wastewater for COVID possible results? No, we did that about a year. It's fairly expensive. You have to pay for that testing, and, and it gives you some data. It kind of gives you a couple of days' notice uh, that people are going to get more or less sick. It's not that fine of, a, of an instrument, but um, it, it was helpful. I mean, it did kind of tell us if things were going to get worse or better. Uh, it gives you about you know another 48 hours' notice uh, because it's testing the waste that's coming out of everybody's homes, and that might, you know, those those things show up before maybe the symptoms showed up or somebody would go down and get a test. So uh, it was giving us a little bit of a leading indicator, but it was fairly expensive, so we stopped doing that. Jim, there's been some confusion and some rumors about the parking garage fees that were supposed to start a month ago today had been postponed. Is that accurate? So, uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we have a great local newspaper, and they, they write some great stories. And Michelle is our reporter covers Wyndham. She does a great job. Unfortunately, the headline, along with some other, I'll say, Facebook chatter, which I don't, I'm not on Facebook, but people come to me and repeat some of the, uh, the things that, that may not be true or correct, which there are many, unfortunately, and we have to try to go back and, and help people understand the truth. Um, but there was a headline that said something about postponed or extended there's no postponement or extension on the garage. July 1st, we started with the new fees that we've been working on for years at the garage and in the other lots. And on July 1st, that began. And people started to pay for their permits. And we have, I think we're up to 70 or so people have bought, you know, long-term permits for the garage. And we also have three hours of free time in the garage. And then there's little kiosks. In, in the garage on each floor to pay for your parking if you're going to be there more than three hours and you do not have a long-term pass already from Town Hall. Those kiosks did not work the way we, we hoped they would. They got turned on and the power outage or something. I don't even know what's, what's wrong. We may not know ever what's wrong with them or what, what caused them to be uh, not performing. But we are working on having them repaired by the vendor that put, installed those kiosks in the meantime, the garage is still running. We are still collecting money for permits. 
It started July 1st. There are going to be times when the kiosk may not work, just like any other garage in New London or Manchester or in Hartford. It's not doesn't mean that all of a sudden uh, the garage isn't open or we're not collecting fees. It means the kiosk isn't working. Now, clearly, we're not going to give someone a ticket if they're one of those people over three hours and in, in, in they're not long-term. We're not going to give them a ticket if they can't pay for the, for the extra time in the garage. Clearly, that's not what's going to happen. But, but don't think there's some new date or something because the kiosk could be working right now. I don't even know. I don't go check the kiosk. So the kiosk could be working right now, and you're going to get a ticket if you do not have a pass. So I think there was some confusion. Assume that everything's going fine. You go into the garage, and if the kiosk has a sign on it and it says it's not working, then I guess you don't have to pay, and you probably won't get a ticket. If you get a ticket and the kiosk's working, just come down and appeal that ticket. So, again, there was a lot of confusion about some extension or postponement. That is not true. Simply, the kiosks are not working, and in the future, they may not work at another time. So, again, people don't rely on Facebook. Please call Town Hall, look at the website, look at signs on the kiosk. There's a lot of ways to get information other than, you know, the rumor mill on Facebook. Jim, what happens if someone wants to come down at night, maybe park in the garage, the Intermodal Transportation Center, and they want to do dinner at one of our fine downtown restaurants? Are they going to be charged for using the garage at night? I think your your, your parking attendant only works basically daytime hours, right? So the, the you're talking about the enforcement aspect of it. So you get first of all, you get three free hours. So if you're coming down for dinner and it's under three hours, you don't have to do anything. You can park in the garage. You're all legal. After three hours, if you're going to have a really long dinner, then uh, you need to put some money into the kiosk. You put your credit card in there, your plate number, and, and whatever. Enforcement can be done by police officers. It can be done by our, our parking attendant. We may act, add more enforcement. Um, he has different hours, so don't assume he's not working in the evenings. So, again, enforcement, we don't have an army of enforcement people, but you know, randomly we go around and we're going to check to see if you've paid for your your time in the garage or you have your long-term permit, whatever the case may be. So don't assume you're going to get away with it at night. Um, you know, clearly we probably won't have as many resources checking at night because that's just not, there's not as many people. But I would not roll the dice and assume, okay, I don't need a permit at night because they're never going to check. He does change his hours. We only have one person right now, but police office can also give you a ticket. So don't assume that you're going to get away with it just because, hey, they don't have enough uh, officers or enforcement people. That's never a good idea. It's like speeding on the road because you don't think there's as many state troopers. That's a bad idea. What do you say to people who say, well, I thought that garage was already paid off in one form or another. How come you're charging me since you already paid it off? Oh, it's not paid off. We had About half of the money came from the state of Connecticut. The other half, uh, we bonded with town, town money, so town taxpayer money. Also, there are operating expenses. We have a light bill. We have to clean up the garage. Uh, there's other maintenance that may need to take place. So it's not just the money isn't just to pay for the garage. It's also to to continue to maintain it. And I know what a big uh, Facebook fan you are, or in reality are not. So we had some rumors about the parking garage on social media. And how about the rumors that Rec Park was closed on weekends? Another one around the same time, I don't know if everybody was bored or something during those couple of weeks, but um, the, the, the gate was closed on the weekends, apparently, from starting around the 4th of July weekend there, uh, or July, early July, 
And uh, we had started to lock the gates in the evening uh, because of a lot of noise complaints and a lot of other damage being done uh, over at the, uh, you know, uh, motor vehicle damage, you know, skidding up on the, on the pavement, things like that. And we uh, decided, the police decided to have the, door, the, the gate locked uh, once everybody's left for the last game over there at night. Um, unfortunately, there was a miscommunication, and someone had not been assigned to open the gate in the mornings of the weekend. So we went a, a couple of weekends with some confusion on the first weekend. We didn't know what was happening. No one told us because we don't you know, necessarily go over there on Saturday or Sunday morning. And then the following weekend, the, uh, the police realized what was happening. Uh, but between the public, the public works department and the police, you know, we make sure the gates are open and closed when they need to be. But again, there was just some confusion. But the the rumor was, oh my God, Rivers is closing the rec park on the weekend. That is not what was happening in any form. Um, there was no correct course. There was never any course that we were going to close the park on the weekend. That's ridiculous. If something sounds ridiculous, it probably isn't true. Um, the other thing I want to tell people is for some reason, there's a number of gates over there. If a gate is closed, there's also parking before the gate at Rec Park. And a lot of people do park there on busy nights. You could park there and walk in if you have to go to the dog park or you want to go use the playground. You don't have, if the gate's closed and there's no police officer there and there's no sign there, something's probably just wrong. Just park in the, before the gate and walk in and use the park. You're there to walk the, the dog or get some exercise walking around the baseball field you know is probably okay uh but again uh the confusion was the gate was closed it was not normal to see the gate closed in the morning and and we just hadn't gotten the uh the communication down who was going to open that but that's that's all it was hey if choir minds want to know that if you're not on social media facebook twitter instagram whatever how do you know people are accusing the town manager of all these horrific things uh, everybody comes up to me, and again, I you know I get people. Other people are on Facebook, and they say, "Do you believe? Look at this post." People send me posts. I get texts of posts. Hey, look what they're saying right now. They're, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the posts that got forwarded to me was the police were lazy. They didn't want to open up the gate. I mean, that's just crazy. I, I, I just, it just the, the kinds of things you hear are uh, it, it's just unbelievable. But anyway, I, I don't I don't quote Facebook. I don't want to see Facebook. It's it's a great tool. But it's just I just don't have the time to be uh, correcting everybody on there all day long. I'm, I'm trying to serve the people with them, and as well as many of the staff, they don't have time to be on Facebook either. We are going to engage Facebook more as a town if we get the resources to do so. But you have to stay on top of that if you're going to have some, if you're going to have accurate information and you're going to have current information. You have to be on there all the time and make sure um, you know, everything's right and that you're responding properly. So we, we're, we're, we're working towards that. We tried once, we just couldn't keep up with it. We had an engagement with the public and unfortunately some of the public was writing in and saying horrible things, swearing. And then it gets very tricky when you're a government entity, when you start to try to shut some people down, but not others. So, uh, you know, the rules are a little different for us. So we have to be more careful on how we open up that two-way conversation, but I wish we could open up that two-way conversation. I'd love to have a conversation with people or have staff have a conversation with people, but unfortunately, a few people ruin that by by just being really obscene on, on there. So anyway, it, it's the future. I, I understand that, but we're just very busy, and we just don't have time to, uh, to properly engage there. 
Welcome to the world of social media. Jim, you have a town meeting tonight to act on $3.2 million to restore the third floor of the town hall. Give me the update on tonight's meeting. Okay, another great project that's been in the works for a very, very long time. In fact, the last plan we had to renovate the third floor of the town hall uh, was dated, I think, 1998, and it was a time when they were going to put more office space up there, the Board of Education offices, actually, I think, and we had spent some money on some plans, and that never never got came to fruition. Uh, like, like a lot of things, the community center, the garage, those projects were decades in the works or studied. Um, so here we go again. We have another project, and, and the town is in much better shape. That is true, and, uh, you know, our taxes have been flat five or six years, as we've talked about. Um, we're, we're doing very well. So um, this is a time, I think, and I, I've been approached by many. This is a project by popular demand. Uh, many people have come up to me since I've been here. You've got to finish that third floor. It's just such a waste. It's a beautiful space. So, so tonight is the vote. We're going to vote on the appropriation for the money. Now, how that's going to go is uh, we didn't go spend any money on plans or architects yet because I think we all know what, we, you know, what needs to be done up there, especially if it's a restoration. We're not going to change a lot of walls is what I'm saying. Uh, so it's going to kind of stay this way it is, but we're going to make it more useful, handicapped bathrooms. But we need the money, we need the appropriation and the go-ahead, the green light by the public before we start spending money on plans. i got a closet full of plans, right? And for decades, we made a lot of plans in Wyndham, but we didn't execute any plans. Well, tonight, we're going to approve the money for the plans and for the project. We need to know the public wants to do the project before we start spending money on it. So that's what tonight is. Uh, a little audible for everybody right now. This is breaking news. I'll be there tonight at 6 o'clock before the meeting, which starts at 6.30. I will open the door up, and if people want to walk around on the third floor and take a look at what, what we're talking about here, restoring that, people can come in and get a little tour. I'd be there to guide it if I can. But come bring a flashlight or your phone phone light because it's a little dark in some of the hallways. The lights aren't working up there everywhere. So I will open the door up, and everybody can walk upstairs and see what they're voting on. But it's a wonderful project. It's a beautiful space. And we're going to restore it the best we can within a reasonable amount of money. As you can see, $3.2 million. It's about 7,500 square feet. The old courtroom is up there. We're going to keep the courtroom where it is as a meeting room for, for the judge of probate uh, and for the town council chambers, perhaps. And then on the wings left and right of the courthouse, or I should say the courtroom, we're going to have uh, offices, maybe the finance office, maybe human resources, offices that don't really need to be down on the lower floor to serve the public, but the kind of backroom stuff. Uh, but we're going to try to put the space to use. And would the people come in at 6 tonight to check out the third floor of town hall before the town meeting? Can they also check out what the status is right now of the town hall clock and the faces that I know are right now out for repair? No, you cannot, because the, the clock is in Maine. So we, the clock is not in state currently. We did have, a couple weeks ago, a clock company that we hired to restore the clock and move it uh, down further into the building so it can be seen. Uh, that has been removed as well as the faces. So you see just plywood up there on the clock tower where the faces used to be. We're not going to let anybody up there today because it's really dark up there now with all the, the plywood up. So, uh, But there's nothing to see because it's been removed. Um, we're going to take that clock mechanism and move it down to the third floor. For one reason, it's better for the clock to be in a more climate-controlled environment. When it's up in the clock tower, it's got really cold and really hot up there. The temperature will be more moderated, even if we don't restore the third floor when it's on the third floor. And it'll be easier for people to see it. They won't have to climb up all these little rickety stairs all the way up to the clock tower. 
Um, they do this with rods. They connect the rods to the mechanism, and I guess it's done quite often. It'll be in some kind of case, so you can watch it work as it's as the clock's going, and that'll be right on the third floor in the hallway. Uh, again, kind of fits into the project of restoration of the third floor. Town Hall Clock will chime again. Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers. Jim, I've been instructed never to sing again. I have to put that aside for about 10 seconds here when I sing, Happy Birthday to You, Happy Birthday to You, Happy Birthday, dear Town Manager Jim Rivers, Happy Birthday to You, bye. Bye. Thank you, Wayne. Have a great day. Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers brought to you by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Milk Street and Ash Street, Willimantic, headquartered in East Hartford. PMR operates state-of-the-art processing facilities in Canastota, New York, Orangeburg, South Carolina, and right here in Romantic Willimantic. Learn more at pmrinc.com. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.